Welcome to the show, your ultimate playlist podcast full of choice tracks. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. I'm Dietrich. And I'm Taj. Welcome back, everyone. So if you're new to the show, basically what we do here is we have some of our favorite choice of music for for different themes, different ideas. And that's basically what we do here is we pick our favorite choice track based on whatever topic we we have for the episode. So we're going to go ahead and start with the first part, what we call side A here. So let's go ahead and drop that needle. All right. So the topic for this week's episode is, well, it's picking your favorite song to listen to when you want to dim the lights and just kind of let the music, I guess surround you or to let you meditate or pretty much however you want to feel when you're trying to relax or or just trying to to let the the day you know go by i I don't know however you want to interpret it but basically it's your favorite choice track uh a song you like to listen to in in the dark um so i hopefully i said that right i don't know anyway uh so my my choice uh, is actually from a band that was formed in 1999 in Austin, Texas. Uh, the band is Explosions in the Sky. And the song <laughs> I went with was actually from their 2003 album, The Earth is Not a Cold Dead Place. And the song I picked was The Only Moment We Were Alone. Um, if you've not listened to Explosions in the Sky, they're pretty much an instrumental rock band. Um, I, it's, it, I don't know. It's, it's hard to describe them. Um, they've, they've written music for movies and television. Uh, they create a, a soundscape every time you listen to them. Um, the reason why I picked this particular song, first off, the album is, uh, one that I love to listen to. And when we were discussing this topic, this idea, this album was the first that popped in my mind because I don't know how many times I've actually like put the record on, turned off the lights, laid down and just let the music take over. Uh, I, whenever I listen to this particular track, I mean, the whole album itself, but especially this track, it just it just brings so many emotions like it just makes me feel so many different things, you know, like I don't, it just, it, it helps me meditate. It, it, it just makes me kind of let go and, and reflect on my life and everything that's going on. Um, I, I just, I, the, the song itself goes to so many different levels, you know, like it, it's soothing and comforting. And, and then it also rocks out and gets aggressive and then calms down again. Um, it really feels just like like an ocean when I listen to the song. Um, and so that, that was my choice. I, I picked that song because when I like to turn those those lights out and put put on a song, I, I just want to I just want to teleport to somewhere else. And that song lets me do that. Um, so that that was my choice track. OK, it, I liked it a lot. So, I mean, 
there's no way to really compare them to. Um, I, I would say they're kind of like a, they're very ambient. They're very much like you would almost call them not classic rock. You would call them classical rock. That's what their, the mood is. And, and they always have that vibe of like early evening or early morning, like just like either dusk setting or dawn breaking. Like that's the type of music that you listen to at that time. And, um, yeah, it was, a, it was an amazing pick. Um, I was kind of like when you picked them and I was like, Oh, this is what he's going for, for the theme. I wish I knew that because like, but at the same time, there's nobody to pick that's like explosions into the sky. Like they are just so unique and so special that, that yeah, you, you know, when you're listening to them. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I think we're all in a similar mindset. Um, like I definitely can get the vibe off of that. And that's that's where I pretty much titled this, right? I, I titled this vibe music. Any anything to set a mood to make you actually feel or or think some kind of way to to take your mind away from whatever stress or any issues that are going on. And that one did it. So it was like kudos to you, man. So that was that was definitely a good pick. Um, you know, I'm all about ambient sounds. I'm all about um awkward chords that you normally would not piece together in a particular track, especially um from the from the transitions for how they brought everything together. So I was definitely digging it. I was like, yeah, I, I could see that as a as a vibe for sure. Nice. Damon. Damon. Damon loved it so much. He's talking and words ain't coming out. I know. <laughs> Can you all hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Shout out to Verizon. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Verizon. Uh, yeah, no, I think I would have to disagree with Taj a little bit because I think that they do have a sound that I've heard in other bands, but I love it. Uh, I almost, I almost wonder if I saw them in Austin because there's they're an Austin band. Um, yeah, they definitely sound familiar, and uh, I like Band of Horses and other bands like that where they 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 start out very instrumental and they a little bit slow, but then they start picking up a pace and uh, yeah, definitely. That's a really nice relaxation song and just a cool vibe. Yeah. But, but yeah. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, it, like when I was, once Brandon said there was a band of, or uh, explosions in the sky, like I was trying to find a band that was similar to it. Like I even went to old school arcade fire. The thing is, Explosions in the sky for being such a a title like that, they are very controlled. Like they, they, their tempo may increase, their volume may increase a little bit, but they're very much in a zone. Like they don't get out of that zone. They stay in there, and, and it's it's you know, plus it's all instrumental with no lyrics, which that's what makes it hard to even find anybody else to compare them to because, you know, Band of Horses has lyrics to their songs, don't they? They do, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so so that's why I, I mean, but I get what you're saying. There there are elements that you can find in other bands, but they're just so they stay in their lane, and their lane is like, yeah, yeah. I could definitely see them doing like like a really good laser light show or something, you know, with their music. Yeah. That'd be cool to so, see. So Brandon was, and maybe you don't know, but was this the tr- was this one of the tracks in Friday Night Lights? 
because that's their main. It, it, it may have been used. The they did the score like a year later after when the movie came out. The movie came out in two thousand four, but this album's okay. from two thousand three. But definitely okay. a lot of the tracks on on this album, I think, were used in Friday Night Lights, um, okay. the film and the TV show. Uh, okay. Yeah, and I mean the the music definitely works perfectly for the TV show or the movie. I mean for both of them. Right. Yeah, and, so. and the whole album, like, even when you get to the end of that track, the you know, the, the one I chose, it it ends and bleeds into the next track. You know, it, it maybe would have made more sense that it should be one of my choice albums <laughs> one of these days. But, you <laughs> right. know, when, when I picked the topic, like, when we were, you know, discussing the topic, like, it, it's just, it was a no-brainer for me because that, like I said, it's my go-to, like, even if I get a massage, like I want that album to play when I get a massage because it just it like it just takes me out of my body. And uh, yeah, I I don't I just I love that song. I never get sick of it. And it's like it's over ten minutes long, and then it, I, that, want, yeah. <laughs> I want I want to listen to the whole damn thing. You know, right? You'll fall asleep so. in the massage ten minutes later. Be like, where where is everybody? <laughs> I it's I don't I don't even fall asleep listening to it because I mean there there are beats in there that will wake you up because it it does get a little like it does get loud a few times in that song and uh, but I don't know it just yeah it 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 definitely it definitely helps clear my my mind when I listen to it. True true artist for sure. I mean these guys are really good musicians. Yeah yeah. All right, so um, Taj, yes, what was your choice track. <laughs> oh God! So uh, <laughs> you would pick me. So, so we're going. First of all, we're going from the sh- from the longest song of the four pick to the shortest one. Is <laughs> the first thing to let you know. Second thing to let you know was uh, the ritual assignment was you know songs to listen to in the dark. Uh, I I was trying to search for stuff. Um, I so what I picked it was um, the weight by the band. The actual band named the band. Uh, the reason why I picked that was originally I was before I knew Brandon's pick. Like I had no idea what. To consider as the topic, so um, I kind of went towards the um, the concept of kind of like it was kind of cruising, but not quite. So my mind kind of took me to Easy Rider, <laughs> and so uh, but the the song "The Weight" is one that the the songs off of the Easy Rider soundtrack, and um, you know it's a very chill song. I can't remember what scene it plays from in Easy Rider, but that's. That's how I, I found it because I searched specifically for that album. And um, it's just, I don't know. It's one of those songs that's talking about, you know, ha- telling a person to take their weight off and put it on me. And you're like, and that's just kind of like the vibes I was going for in the dark. Like, you know, you just want to relax. You know, you want to tell, you know, you have somebody there telling you to, <laughs> you know, to relax, take the weight off of your shoulder and, and just kind of, you know, rest in the dark there. <laughs> so. Um, but but that's what I went for. Um, 
Yeah. W- once I found out it was explosions in the sky, I was like, nope, I'm way off topic here. <laughs> it's like, I made the wrong side. You're not. It's how you interpret it. <laughs> True. It's, it's my fault for being very vague. vague. <laughs> what do you but, listen uh, to in the dark? Well, what am I doing in the dark? You know? right. Exactly. This could be a very white moment. so (laughs) exactly so but yeah so it that's the song i picked it's it's kind of a a listen in the dark kind of a cruising song but you know those those emotions are kind of semi quasi adjacent (laughs) so well i i personally love that song i i think the band is one of my my favorite artists ever um, I, I think The Last Waltz is maybe the greatest music documentary ever made of a concert. Um, and, and the song is phenomenal. Uh, they, they were hell of a, hell of a band, hell of a musicians. Um, yeah, it, it's a great choice, you know, and who am I to say like, it's not really the song that helps you, you know, <laughs> meditate or, or relax, like, you know, I mean, of all like of all the songs the band has done, I could definitely see this being one that will sh- make you chill. You know, yeah. So because it, it has a a, a a soothing rhythm to it, right? So exactly. Yeah, so like I like song. to meditate to Godsmack. <laughs> Just cannibal guys. corpse, man. Cannibal corpse. <laughs> Marilyn Manson, you know. You meditate to let the police sit the floor. (laughs) Some people do do that. I'm I'm not even (laughs) sure. I can see literally, hey, somebody just sitting back in their chair in a massage chair and you take your phones off and stand alone. (laughs) It it makes sense. I. I watch a lot of like horror movies and sometimes watching like a senseless, dumb horror film makes me relax. So. <laughs> exactly. See, so now it's, it's to each their own. Tosh, I literally thought you were going to pick, um, hell, I don't know, uh, a Mariah Carey song of some sort. That's- oh, okay. So my runner up was almost White Flag by Dido. So I, I almost picked that. <laughs> <laughs> that that would have been the mark. I, I literally would have seen you come from more of a sensitive side, but right. um, you know, this song definitely it, it hit the the corner. Even though you weren't really trying to go there because you didn't know where you were gonna go with it, it kind of right. like accidentally landed there. So I can see where it's coming from. So gotcha. I, I have no problems, no quarrels with it. Nothing. I think. We're okay. Good. You think we're good? Okay. So. <laughs> What do you think, Damon? Oh, you're, you're. Yeah, so I, I, uh, no, I really like, I really like the the song a lot. I think I could picture it being like in a movie where it's like a relaxing scene, or it could be like the beginning of a, you know, like a revenge scene, right? A sad, a sad moment turning into something like vengeful. But yeah, no, it could be it could be used in a lot of different ways with uh, with film. But no, I think uh, I think I love this song, and I think I did I did see part of the last waltz, um, 
but uh, it's been a while, so I'd, I'd have to revisit that. But uh, the band is great, and yeah, no, that song is awesome. Wouldn't be my wouldn't be my like go to the dark room song, <laughs> a dark place. But uh, I know, I know. <laughs> But, but that's okay. A good it, pick either way. Yeah. It's valiant attempt. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Katy Perry, so I was like, okay, it's cool. We're good. <laughs> wasn't Demi Lovato? <laughs> oh, man. If you pick that, I would be crying. <laughs> I can picture Taj listening to Fireworks by Katy Perry in the dark. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Then he turns around and takes the warm towel. Is one of the, the lines, does he say something like, uh, is it, is it, wait a minute, Fanny or something? Or Yeah, yeah, because he, he's calling out different people. Yeah, he's, it, the main thing, like he mostly, t- it, take the weight off Fanny and put the oh, weight off. Take the weight off. Okay. Yeah. At first, I thought he was saying, take the weight off your fanny, like, listen, wait. <laughs> I didn't know what he was saying, but no, that makes sense. Yeah, it's a, it's a motivational exercise song. That's what it is. Take the weight off. <laughs> that's that's my nickname. Take that weight off, fanny. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll do it. <laughs> it's the holidays, you know, whatever. Right. Right. So. Uh, what? All right, Diedrich, uh, your choice, yes, sir. Oh, my choice. Okay. Um, my choice came off of um, sir, a second album. Um, this artist is an R&B artist. She's known as the hip hop R&B queen of soul. She's got like some long ass title with it, but um, for none other, I'm talking about Mary J. Blige. Um, the album was called My Life and the song that I pick for my sitting in the dark, letting play over, over and over until I just got tired of listening to it was My Life, which is the title track. Um, I picked this song basically because two reasons. One. Um, I was a Mary J. Blige fan when she came out. Um, basically, you know, I liked her style and everything she was doing, and she had a little bop in all her songs, so it was right there. It was right around the time where I was getting back into R&B because I had gotten sick of it for a minute, so it kind of helped out. And the second reason is um, it was heavily sampled from uh, Roy Ayer's um, uh, Walking Into the Sunshine. Um, you probably heard that in a couple of uh, commercials and, and a couple of songs all over the place and whatnot. But yeah, it was heavily sampled from that. So, you know, those kind of keys and that kind of vibe and everything. And then the lyrics that she brought on top of it, where she's basically just trying to give you motivation, you know, don't give up on what's going on. Um, you may be struggling, but we're going to make it through. Everything is going to be okay. Just stick with it. Believe in me. The whole nine, you know, we can get through it together. So I, Whenever I need to meditate, whenever I need to just kind of disconnect from the world, I'll definitely sit in the dark or, or you know, even with the blinds up, especially if it's raining outside, I'll sit back and put that song on repeat and just put my headphones on and just kind of drift off. 
into the land. So that's that's one of my motivational pieces, but it's also one of my meditation meditation pieces that I use to kind of like separate myself from all the anxiety that's going on and kind of refocus on what I need to do. And then after that, I'll pick up a video game and kill some people or, you know, go outside <laughs> and try to kill over on a bicycle. Um, that's, that was my pick. What did y'all think? It, I liked it. It was smooth. Like that, that was such a smooth song. Like it came on and you're like, okay, I know what I'm in for. And, and you just skate along with that song. Like, ah, that, that was, yeah, it was on point and like, yeah. You had this. You had a hit on you for sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure I had heard that song before. Like it. It was a hit, wasn't it? Back in the yeah. '90s. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was one of those. Off, it was. It wasn't a single, but it was a. It was one of those off album songs that you heard played all over the place. Okay. Yeah. Because like I. I don't think I've ever listened to a full album by her, but like I definitely remember. For singles and some other songs that were played, you know, everywhere around that time. Um, and it was good to hear it. Like when it started playing, I'm like, Oh, I remember this song. And, uh, yeah, no, I like it. I, I've always really liked her voice. Um, you know, she's definitely a queen because she, she's amazing. And, um, yeah, I, I like, I like the lyrics. I like the beat and I, I really like her voice. I like her. Her uh, her presence on on the track, and um, I could I could totally see that being a song that you play to unwind and and relax because it just has that. Like even if the if, even if her voice wasn't there, the the just the the instrumental is enough to just make you calm, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then you then you add her 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 voice, and I think it just it, it enhances everything. Yeah, I love rough, raspy voices. You get the raw essence out of it. It's that studio polished to where nobody can sing it, you know, along with it. It's 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 done from a raw emotion in a raw place. And I was like, okay, that's perfect. That's right where I want to be. Yeah, and and one thing one thing I like is musicians with a very distinctive voice, and she definitely has one. You know, like I don't think anybody else could have done that song. Not justice, no. They, they would have. They really either whipped out on it, or not trying to hit full vocals, or they would have studioed it up so much um, that it wouldn't. It wouldn't have sound the same at all. So, yeah, it definitely worked. David, what you got, man? Yeah, no, I I think Mary G. Blige is awesome. Uh, so, like the the Fugees is how I know her, right? Didn't she sing with the Fugees? Yeah, that's at all. Yeah. Uh, okay, I thought she did. I thought she did a song or two with him, but uh, okay. uh, there might have been a song in the mix or something. But this, that's all Lauren Hill. That was with the Fugees. Yeah, I definitely. I, I do remember Mary J. Blige from the '90s. Though that was, uh, I mean, she's still popular, but that's when I think she was at her height. Right? Is that when she started playing music? That's when she. That was her second album. Um, they came out with that, and that was that was um, that was pretty much when she was hitting like all all areas. Yeah, so drum bass. Yeah, no this this was like a really good song to 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 chill out to, and um, I'd be right there too with just zoning out on a rainy day or something, and or just trying to focus on something or meditate and. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I love her voice and the instrumental, and 
Um, as long as I can get who she is correct first. We're good. Yeah, no, she's she's great though. Yeah, I, I love it. It does bring me back to the nineties too, hearing her. So oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I per I personally didn't know who she was, but but I was like yeah, I enjoyed it, so I was like Yeah. All right. Uh Dama, your choice track. Okay, so uh my choice track is an artist I have not seen live. I wish I could have. And I think she probably still does play music when she has time to. But um, she played in Austin, I think, in the, in the mid-90s, about two years before I moved here. Um, and uh, so her name is Mila Jovovich. She's, she's Russian. And she's not only a musician, but she's in some pretty badass action movies, too. So if you haven't seen Resident Evil or any of the Resident Evil movies, yeah, check it out. But aside from uh, her action movies, she also has uh, a really good album that came out in the 90s, The the Divine Comedy. Um, It's got like a really cool cover. It's like, I guess, like Renaissance period artwork. But um, so, yeah, that's that was... That was uh, probably based on, I think it was like something that my wife had the album for when I first met her, and she used to play it all the time. So that's that's where it brings me, where we were like in school, I was in college, you know, I need to zone out, take a nap, whatever. Like that, that would be playing. Um, Don't fade away is the song that uh, that I picked. It's it's kind of you know it sounds kind of sad, but it also is kind of soothing and instrumental. Very good voice. Um, yeah, it just takes me there. Brings me back to the old days, you know. Good old yeah, days. Good old days. Good old days. Nineties. Before we were those. Nineties were the only good times, right? Only nineties. No, um, no, this was. This was a cool pick. I actually never heard her sing, so that that really kind of threw me off. Like first, I was thinking, okay, where is this coming from? Because you know, most art, uh, I, I would say not all, but most artists that are known for other genres of work don't really get their respect due for what they bring to the table if they jump into something else. For example, actors going into singers, singers going into acting. Uh, sports athletes going into either or of those genres, like you don't really get to to see, you know, the full respect or, or blossom come out of that situation. You got a couple of a couple of buzz every once in a while that come through and and they actually get do well in in that perceived genre. But um, in this situation, I was not expecting this at all. So it kind of it kind of threw before a right hook. So it was like, it was a good feel. It definitely was a good feel. Um, Anytime I think about her outside of Resident Evil, I think of Fifth Element automatically. That's like <laughs> my go-to because it made me look like, yeah, going there. But um, it had a good vibe to it, good catch, good feel. 
Um, her voice was actually carried on there pretty nice. Um, I could tell where the studio work came in, but that's where my ears just listening for it. So outside of that, you know, I, I was not mad. I could definitely see that being in, in some movies and and kind of being at the end credits rolling or something of that nature. So, you know, we're good. Yeah, and I don't think it was. I don't know if it was in movies or if any of the songs from that, that album were in it, like on a score. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely. I could see that, too. Yeah, that, that would totally fit with her being in film, too. I mean, I, I'm surprised I haven't heard anything from that album. Um, but I haven't sought it out, so I don't know. Yeah, I'll get called with that. Yeah, you when, you, when you had told us what that song was, um, when I saw the name, yeah. I didn't even put two and two together at first. I'm right. like, Mila Hovavish? You know, I'm like, what? So anyway, like <laughs> I, I looked up the album, and I'm like, wait, that's the actress, isn't it? And uh, I had no idea that she had recorded albums. And it looks like she hasn't really recorded anything since the 90s. So I guess yeah. she mainly just became a, a film star. Um, but And then I kept thinking, like, wait, when did Damon hear this? I never heard of this before in my life. <laughs> you know, never knew that she was, was a singer. Did, never never occurred to me. So, so that, um, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So then I'm like, in 1994, what was I listening to? It was definitely not this, you know. I I didn't know I didn't know that she was uh, an artist, so you know, a musician. I mean, so uh, anyway, yeah, I, I thought the song was decent. I I did feel that it was like certainly like repetitive with the lyrics after a little bit, but but within the context of like the the topic and the idea, I could definitely see it being like a song that you could just kind of melt away with, like just just like you know succumb to the kind of the the uh repetitive you know melody and 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 lyrics so um yeah and by the way just want you all guys to know every song i did dim the lights and listen to it with the lights down because <laughs> i wanted to get the full effect so um but yeah no the song was 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 decent it was it wasn't bad but um i don't know if i'll i'll listen to the whole album but but it definitely took me by surprise because I learned a lot more about her than I ever knew. Because I, I went on to, you know, Wikipedia and I'm like, let me, I want to learn about her music career. And uh, yeah, right. never knew that she did that. Or her lack of a music career, you know. <laughs> hey, I mean, she's recorded two more albums than I have. So. All right. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say uh, check out the rest of the album. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good song, but like the, I think she has like some music videos out there too. You can probably find them on YouTube. And she was she was really young when that that album came out too. Yeah, no, uh, she was really young. I mean, she's like I think she's like twenty two or something like that. No, no, like she was born in seventy five, and that album came out in ninety four. I think. Uh, okay, yeah. So she was even younger. She would have been like nineteen, I think, when that album came out. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, anyway, but yeah, yeah. It was it was it was pretty it was pretty decent and. Definitely, like I said, I, I learned a lot more about her than I knew. So, well, in '94, I mean, there was so much good music coming out. That's I'm sure that's what, like, it probably was the worst thing for someone like Mila Jovovich, where, you know, she wasn't a big actress at the time. She was trying to make her, you know, make a scene, make her way into the scene, and I mean, she did. She had the albums, uh, two albums come out, and. 
you know, I'm sure it helped her career too, but, uh, yeah, I mean, in the whole album is like, it's pretty mellow, but some of the other songs are a little bit more upbeat than this song. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty versatile, I think, but, uh, yeah, she's, I mean, I don't know if she pulls like, you know, being from Russia or her, her upbringing. I don't know if that like is where she got like her influences with the style of her music, you know? It, it, so you're trying to tell me she wasn't a tattoo uh, artist? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it, no, it, the band yeah. tattoo. I'm not sure if he get that. Never mind. <laughs> I thought you were making a reference from the Fifth Album, maybe. But uh, no, 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 I'm no. Lost. There's the, I'm lost. In in the '90s, there was a '90s band called Tattoo T A T U, uh, and, and the, their whole selling point was there's two okay. hot Russian chicks. <laughs> Like they had one album. And okay. <laughs> that, that, was that was their selling point. They were, they were from Russia and they were hot. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> now I got it. Now I got to check that. that and, at least that's my, my recollection memory of them. I, I haven't looked them up in years, but yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I did like the song is very hypnotic. And uh, yeah, I, I think it, it fit the category a lot better. And, you know, it was longer than my song, which made me the shortest song. <laughs> it's, it's like, I mean, yeah, I, everybody's song, I meant to go back and see what the time length was, but I guess Brandon's was 10 minutes and your guys's was like, had been like six or seven. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, for sure. It, it matched, it matched the category for sure. So, but yeah. Right. I think my song was six minutes, just under. See, see, and I I pegged it right. So yeah, next time times you just need to pick a longer song. I, that, that's what I'm saying, you know. It's not the length that counts. <laughs> that's what she said. Right. But was well, see, and, and the thing was, I was put down because I had a, a a topic idea for like. Uh, short songs that you wish were longer, like songs that last like two minutes that you wish were longer. Cause I have a choice track that automatically meets that criteria. So, but, but they, they were like, no, that's too weird of a category. <laughs> what if, what if I said, I wish this 10 minute song was 20 minutes. You know? <laughs> I'm definitely banging to that. <laughs> yeah. I think we could find that. Let's, uh, yeah, that's a that's a future episode. That that'll be episode maybe like seventy. We're like, what do, what do we do now? <laughs> right. Let's time them out. All right. <laughs> What's your favorite song that starts with the letter Q? Let's do that as a topic. <laughs> We're gonna hit the whole alphabet. Take the longest song and play them all at one time. <laughs> Well, yeah, eventually we're going to have to do like longest intro and longest outro, like song that we like that has like the longest intro and longest outro. I'm trying to kill ourselves, Taj. And, and <laughs> listeners, if you're listening to the, the that episode in the future, you can't leave the podcast. You have to listen to the whole thing. <laughs> right. That's your punishment for allowing us to do it. Right. It's so. to the good. All right. Well, it sounds like uh, you know, everybody had their good choices, got some good vibes off of some stuff. Um, Brandon, how you feel about switching over to flipping over the record? Let's do it. Let's go ahead and uh flip to side B here. All right, so what we do in side B is we 
have homework for every episode, and one of us gets to pick our, our choice album, and uh, we get to pick our favorite track from the album that one of us has selected. Um, so this week, this episode, I was the one that selected the album, and the album that I went with was from 2004, from Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, and that was Abattoir Blues, The Liar of Orpheus. It was a double album from that year, uh, consisting of, I believe, 17 songs, well over an hour and 20 minutes. Um, I'm sorry, guys. I should have just picked one album. I know it was a lot of work, um, but it was definitely something that I, I wanted to share with you guys. So um, just a little background about my introduction to Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Uh, I think the first time I really ever discovered Nick Cave was when the movie Scream came out. There was a song in it called Red Right Hand uh, by, by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. And that was definitely like when I heard that in the movie, I couldn't stop thinking about that song. And I don't even think I knew what the name of the song was or who the artist was, but I actually bought the Scream soundtrack thinking that it would be on there. And the song wasn't on the, on the soundtrack. Um, but then when Scream 2 came out, there was a different version of that song. And uh, that was on the album. But that's how I learned about, like, oh, my, oh yeah, it's Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Um, so anyway, that was a song that I, I loved for such a long time. And I don't remember if I ever really went out of my way to discover more songs by him uh, throughout the years. It wasn't until, I think... 2004 when i really took the time to get to know a little bit more about him and i remember the album came out i think when i was living in la and they had like a, a one of those listening stations and i think it was a like what was it like a virgin records i think in burbank and that was one that was on display and i'm like i remember the name nick cave and the bad seas that that red right hand i love that song so I went and listened to a little bit of it at the music station and completely blown away by what I what I just heard. Um, but I was also I didn't have a lot of money and things are very expensive in L.A. and very expensive at Virgin Records. So I didn't buy the album, um, but definitely stayed with me. And then when I moved to Austin and uh, I'm going to bring up this uh, this website again, eMusic. Um <laughs> That was an album that I found on eMusic, so I bought it immediately, finally got to listen to the album from beginning to end, and changed my, changed my, my life. I mean, I, I know that's, that's, uh, that's like a high praise to say, but I mean, it made me go back and listen to earlier albums. You know, I, I discovered Nick Cave, I mean, because of that album, and, and Nick Cave has definitely become one of my favorite artist he's one of my favorite male vocalists of all time i love his voice i love musicians when you hear them you know who they are um and i think his voice is phenomenal maybe it's not for everybody but i i think he's amazing um and and this album i, I every track i think is fantastic um 
some certainly are better than others, but I don't get sick of any song. Like I don't skip any song when I listen to this album. The album itself is a blend of all these different genres. Um, you know, it this was Nick Cave and a Bad Seeds' 13th album at this point in 2004. They formed in 1983. Their first album came out in 1984. Uh, and like I said, this is their 13th. They have 17 albums all together to this day. You know, the, the longevity of, of this band. Now, you know, the, the band members have, have changed a little bit throughout the years. But what was great about Nick Cave and, and the band is that they, they evolved, you know, like he started in the seventies during like the post punk scene. You know, and he was a very aggressive person. His music was was angry and loud. Um, you know, I what the stuff I know about Nick Cave, he was a guy who heavily influenced by by religion and and the Christian Bible. Um, you know, he he is I, I do believe that he is a he has faith, but he doesn't believe in organized religion. But if you listen to his music like the early stuff he has even said it's more like old testament stuff and then later on in his career it's more new testament you know like a, a different approach to the music um and and his music like i said has evolved like you know they're they're a post-punk band they're a rock band they're a blues band they're a gothic rock band um they're a gospel band uh they're an ambient band they they're all over the place and when you listen to, you know, Abattoir Blues and Liar of Orpheus, this is a great introduction album to Nick Cave because it's all over the place with the genre. The first part of the album, the Abattoir Blues, is kind of an aggressive rock band, aggressive rock album. Then when you get to Liar of Orpheus, it's a little bit, a little bit slower, a little bit more sentimental, you know, um, a little bit more gospel. Uh, choir in the, in the songs. Um, yeah, I, it's just, to me, it's, it's such an incredible, incredible album. And, and like not, not a single song on that album sells, sounds the same. They're all completely different. Every single track, you know, and what's amazing is this album was recorded in like 12 days, 12 days with that, with all these different sounds. Um, and just to kind of give you the importance of this album, like I did a little research, Pick for, uh, Pitchfork named it the 180th best album of the 2000s. It's even been included in books about 100,000 100, albums to hear before you die. And that's mm. one that they recommend. I mean, considering how much music is out there throughout, throughout our lifespan and before our lifespan, to put it in like, one of the albums out of a thousand to listen to before you die. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think it's incredible. Um, yeah, I can keep going on about it, but I, it's just, it's all these genres that work, you know, and it, it, and this album just encompasses everything that I love about Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Uh, and like I said, not a single track that I dislike. And I'm talking a lot. I want you guys to talk. <laughs> but that's how much I love Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. I've seen Nick Cave uh, live. It was incredible. Uh, and again, like I said, he's one of my favorite musicians and definitely one of my favorite male vocalists of all time. Uh, and I just, I really had to share this with you guys. Cool. Uh, holy shit balls, dude. Um, first, first and foremost, I'm going to say this. Nick Cave is your spirit animal. 
<laughs> right now because the first song on the album when it hit my ears, the first thing that came to my mind, no, no bullshit. I kid you not. I was sitting there. I was like, okay, I'm going to pop the song. I'm going to listen to it all the way through. No edits, no pauses, no nothing. And I had the time to do it because I was sick. It was like it was perfect. I turned it on, and the first thought that came to my mind was Jesus Christ Superstar because that shit just came right out of the hell. Like, he smacked <laughs> you in the face. And I'm like, okay, I've got guitars. i got riffs. I've got chords in the background. I've got organs. I've got all these different sounds that are coming out and hitting at the same time. But it's all molded together. And it was like, okay, let me let me let me get past the, the hard rock of it and let me let me find out what's gonna happen next. And I'm right there with you, bro. I I was on the ride up and excuse me. I'm so sorry. I was on the ride up and down. Um I definitely hear uh the influences over the time um that he's been around and 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 the people that he's probably been around and, and dealt with and and a spirituality is all in this. It is all in this up and down, left, right, no two ways about it. Um, the, like a couple of the tracks literally sound like hymnals um, that he just converted into a rock style track. So it was like, okay, that definitely works. Um, and his voice carries. He's got like a Jim Morrison voice that is deep. It resonates through. It carries on top. It, it reminded me of, of the doors. It reminded me of, of, a little bit of Motorhead. It reminded me of a little bit of, of just Savage Rock, but then it's got its softer side. Like we were talking about the Beatles in another episode, and and it had that vibe that it just carried under and made you flow with it, no matter what happened. And you could definitely tell the difference in the two albums and the two styles and where it came about. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit up here and sugarcoat it. First album, I'm all in. The first as side A of the album, I'm I'm in. That that took me from beginning to end. Second half of it, I was like, eh, I'm feeling it, but I think it was kind of the, the come down from the the hyperness that was involved in the first song. So I, I definitely felt that aspect of it. Um, I'll go ahead and and jump in and say what my favorite track was because I actually had three. Um, that I picked on here that I could not stop playing. Um, the first one was "Let the Bells Ring." That that yeah. just just tapped me like I couldn't I couldn't even I couldn't even get past that to go to the Fable of the Brown Ape because "Let the Bells Ring" just that shit right there like everything that I needed in a song, it was all there for me. Um, and I also like uh, Messiah Ward because it's got a nice little feel to it. Um, hiding all the way is. Is by far like that was one of those tracks that kind of took me there. But um, if I had to pick out of all of those, my choice track would be "Let the Bells Ring." Nice. Th- those are great choices. And and for me too, like I for me to pick a choice track was hard. Yes, like, it was hard. I don't know. Like I can like I can name at least five that come right to mind. You know, and for me, like what is my choice track? I don't know. But I definitely the ones that come to mind is hiding all the way is one of my favorites. Um, uh, There she goes, my beautiful world. I think is incredible. Um, Liar of Orpheus, I think is incredible. Uh, Supernaturally, um, you know, Cannibal Time. 
Like if I could have separated the two, I would have two completely different thought processes on it, and I would love them both equally the same. But it's the fact that it came together that it that you know Lyra Orpheus didn't really hit me as much, but I still felt it. I still felt you know a couple other tracks that were going off in there, but but definitely the first side of the album is like, yeah, I'm all in. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So oh, I think Damon's going to go. Go ahead, Damon. What you got first? Oh, you nominate me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nick Cave. Woo. Wow. That guy is, he is definitely something, man. I mean, he is like one talented dude. I, I think that I wouldn't have like gone out and picked Nick Cave as like an artist that I would say is my favorite, but, uh, and that's my, my cat. She's my sidekick today. Um, but she, uh, yeah, he definitely has like this, like hypnotic sound to a lot of his, his songs. I was a side B on this, this, uh, album. The second half was more of my, definitely more of my, my speed. I liked both sides. I like the fast pace and the slow. I like the slower stuff better on this album. I think two of my two of the two tracks on this album were my favorite. Uh, Easy Money and Spell were and and you didn't mention any of those. So I was like thinking like, oh, that's kind of it makes sense too because like we probably have differences of opinion on Nick Cave music in general. Mm-hmm. I know he does a lot of collaborations, and, I, and like all of us probably have different opinions because he's so diverse. This guy's he's got like a lot of stuff going on, um, but. I think he's he's probably has he been Brandon has he been nominated in the Hall of Fame um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? You know I'm not sure if he has or not. I I haven't I didn't look into that. I don't know. If that, I, I will say your Easy Money is actually one of my favorites too. I, okay. I love Easy Money. That's one of my favorites on the second the second part on Liar Morpheus. Yeah, I didn't know like like the first the first half was definitely when I first started listening to the album too. I was like, I don't know if I can get into this album. I I, I know that I, I kind of felt like you were trying to you were trying to find something that I might not like. <laughs> so you're like, let's see what we can do here, Nick Cave. But uh, I mean, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. That's just that's one of his bands, right? Isn't there Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds? Then there's Nick Cave solo. Is, doesn't he do like a there, lot of? There's different... Nick Cave solo. There's also Nick Cave, the music composer. There's Nick right. Cave, the author. There's Nick Cave, the screenwriter, Nick Cave, yeah. the actor. Right, yeah. exactly. He's all over the place, and uh, he's definitely a polarizing figure. Like, when you go to look at his pictures and all that, like, you could definitely tell this right. man has lived life. So I could I could definitely see. I think one of the other bands, I think, was The Birthday Party. That was um, his his first band. Yeah, they, they were a post-punk band. They were known as a very combatant, aggressive band. Um, um, yeah, like, they would they would fight back with the audience. Yeah, they. He, he's not. He's a different man than he was definitely back in the late seventies and and early eighties. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of maturity has come into play, but um, a, a lot of experience has come into play with that maturity, and you can hear it in the voice. Like his, his voice carries, and that's what I like about it. Like even when the track is loud and they're going in it. He's still on top of the track. 
Yeah, there's no that's way for sure. Beneath that, that deep baritone type voice that he has is not gonna go anywhere. It is there, and it makes you listen to it. And then he can even when he softens it up, it's still there. It's still present, and that's what I like about lead singers in general. If you can be on top of any track and you still hold your own and your own tone, you got me. We're sold. I'm good. So you could, I could see him playing CBGBs, right? Like that's like the post-punk era, New York City, early '80s. Is that kind of was that kind of his scene? He was more in London in the late '70s and early 80s and then he went to i think it was in berlin they went to after that and it was i think in berlin where the birthday party broke up or birthday yeah birthday party broke up in uh like around berlin and then it wasn't much longer after they broke up that's when the bad seeds were formed yeah i can see i can see that scene too being rowdy like people you know like kind of doing like a mosh thing but like I don't know if it fits for all of his music. That's what that's what kind of throws me off a little bit. Like fans of Nick Cave probably aren't all into just like music that makes you want to bang your head, but they might do that at a show just because they're so excited about it. I don't know if I'm wrong about that. Well, <laughs> I'm stereotyping now. Sorry, guys. I've seen I've seen Nick Cave live, and it was nothing like that. There wasn't people banging their heads or anything like that. <laughs> it was pretty mellow. Pretty mellow scene. Yeah, it was pretty mellow. You know, I it, it's not he he's not the artist that he was when he first started. And I don't right. like it's not to say that his yeah. his audience I don't miss, I think his audience probably matured with him too. Yeah, I can see that. That's that's and that's really cool too, like to see that um development with an artist and their fans and seeing fans that are that much into an artist's music. I mean that's what that's what helps an artist grow, really. I mean, if you don't have a fan base then you know, well, you don't go anywhere. And I and I'm sure too, like like many musicians, when a musician wants to change their sound, there's gonna be those old fans who are like, I don't like this stuff anymore and I'm not gonna listen to them anymore. You know, and that yeah. happens, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't one of the songs did you already say this? The song was it Right Hand Man? The uh, the the song that's in the screen. Oh the red 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 movie? right hand. Red right yeah, hand. Right. That's in Scream, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's where I remember that. And I didn't know who Nick Cave was when I first saw Scream. Uh, but that's that was like long time after he started. So that's that's how influential he is, really. It's just he's iconic. Which yeah. So what did you say? Like the out of a thousand albums, that that's one that was like, was it Rolling Stone that said you had to listen to this before he? It was, before it was a book called uh, "1001 uh, Albums You Have to Hear Before You Die." I think it was brought out by Pitchfork. Yeah, I, I actually own that that book, so I haven't gone okay. through all of it. But, but that's that's how I found some some different artists artists because they, they recommend the artists and then they recommend like the album um i never got to the um to this one which is crazy because um that book had to come out around the same time that this album did because i remember buying the book when i was in austin and i remember this nick cave uh, album coming out in austin um I, let me i guess let me take a couple steps back I, the minute it started, I was like, 
okay, here we go, Frank Zappa 2.0. <laughs> <But then, laughs> I actually I enjoyed this. I'll be, I enjoyed this better than Frank Zappa. Um, if I if I had to pick, probably the the first half better than the second. Although I do like Supernatural on the the second album, the second half of the album. Um, it's I did take several listens for me to get into it. I think I'm getting old. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> like I I should like stuff, and I, I did like it. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm old. So, uh, but um, yeah, the the it was it, it for sure. It's music that wants attention. That's for sure. And, and it's like you're not just gonna listen to me to listen in the background. You're not gonna listen to me to like sing catchy pop songs. Like I'm gonna play music and you're gonna listen. Like it, it, it's out there to be like you're gonna listen to me. Like just basically, like it grabs you and says like, "Hey, sit down. You're listening. I don't know what you think you're doing, but you're listening to music." You know, <laughs> type of thing. Um, and so, um, it, I enjoyed it. The my choice track is uh, the, uh, and you said it earlier. The uh, there she goes. Uh, the end of the world. Or, there she or goes, goes, my beautiful world. Yeah, there yep. she goes, my beautiful. World. The, that's. Yeah, I mean, and it's it it sounds very much like something else, but like it, the the fact that no no song is consistent, like th that song is just amazing. But yeah, so but the the one the other thing I want to bring up the reason why I know that that book probably came out the same time was the liar of Orpheus was so you know how you guys talk about how songs were overplayed on the radio. The Liar mm -hmm. of Orpheus was one of those songs that in Austin was played on the radio station over and over again. Like that song would come on and then like I got so tired of it that I would change the radio station. And it seems weird that they picked that particular song off of his album to play on the radio. But at the same time, it's such a unique sounding song. Like you can you can't confuse that song for any other song the minute it comes on. So but yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, man. Overall, great pick, man. Great pick. Yeah. Great pick. Thank you. Yes, I want to man. point out nickcave.com. <laughs> Go so. see him. Go see him. If you ever have a chance. Okay. So, so nickcave.com does show you all the shows that are coming up. It, yeah. it tells you about Nick Cave and if you want to see him live. Yeah. Okay. And I would be remiss if I also don't mention one of his cohorts, and that's Warren Ellis. So not the comic book writer, uh, the musician. Those two okay. together for such a long time. Uh, nice. Very talented. So Okay. So did they do an album together? Well, like he's a... part of the band, Bad Seeds. But they okay. also, like, they've scored several movies together, just Nick Cave and Warren Ellis. Okay. Uh -huh. So. Yeah, that okay. is so awesome. Yeah, I, I got it. I want to look more into Nick Cave now. Like I, I have another friend that really likes Nick Cave, and he's kind of like his music selections are kind of pretentious. And like you're like, okay, what's what's the next one? Like if I don't like what you like, then am I not cool? Um, <laughs> and so like I thought maybe all Nick Cave fans were like that, but uh, not all of them. <laughs> all right. You're not all bad. <laughs> the cave's oh. cool, but his fans. Oh. <laughs> no, no, JK, guys. All right. Well, Diedrich, do you have homework for us next time? 
Yes, 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 I do. Yes, I do. Um, it's funny you should ask that because um, the homework that I have is, is going to be, <laughs> you're all going to know it. You're all going to love it. It's probably something that you you might not even have to go back and listen to. Um, but it's something that I definitely love and 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 want to share with the listeners because they're the ones I mainly care about, not y'all. Oh, uh, even me. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. I'm right there with you. you know? So um if we're gonna take it there, let's let's go ahead and take it there. Um oracular spectacular. Who knows what we're talking about? Yes, sir. Oh my god. Yes, yes. sir. I'll take their management. Okay. Is it also That's known it. as MGMT? Yep. Yeah. MGMT. Yes. Nice. Is that is that the one with electric eel? It sure is. Wait, what, oh. was, what was it again? <laughs> it's MGMT. Uh, oracular spectacular. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. I, I know this yeah. cover. Okay. Yeah, I think I might have heard of those guys. Okay. You might have heard of them. You might not. But those who have not heard of them out there in our listening world, you need to go check them out. And this album will make you listen to them a little bit more because that's what set up a lot of sound um, that is out now just based off of, you know, kind of the, the tricks of the trade and some of the spins that they took in order to get that there. So that's where I'm coming from. Go listen to it. Come back and let us know what you think. Cool. And okay. No, if everybody's awesome. good to go, um, you know, uh, we're signing off. Uh, my name's Dietrich. I'm Brandon. I'm Damon. I'm Taj. And uh, we're gonna pick up the needle, but y'all keep spinning those choice tracks. <laughs> <laughs>